Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio. We have got Bat Force Tom in California. Hey. We've got Grandpa Batman in Texas. Howdy. And I'm Robin Cross in Canada. And this week's guest is an artist and cover artist around the DC universe, uh, including uh, a Kid Flash story in Superboy Man of Tomorrow number two and a soon to be announced new DC project that uh, we don't know about yet. Uh, he also recently illustrated Batman Fighting the Frozen, the comic book that uh, came along with the McFarlane Toys Page Puncher figure line. Uh, and that's the, his work in that is excellent. If you haven't seen it, go pick up one of those figures, whatever you got to do to see that. We welcome to the show for the first time, Travis Mercer. Hey, guys. Thanks for hey having man. me. Thank you for doing it. Uh, sorry, it, it took us a while to we had a <laughs> false start and then we finally got this planned. So thank you for, for sticking around to do it. Of course, of course. No, it was definitely worth it. I was telling Robin that it feels like you're not a real DC uh, artist until you come on to Bat Force. That's that's how oh, you wow. know that you're doing you're doing pretty good. You've got a pretty good track record of of uh, talent. We we wish that were uh, that that carried as much weight as as you led on, but we appreciate <laughs> the sentiment. Yeah. You're welcome back anytime. Yeah, <laughs> especially talking it. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, you know, you're amongst greats, kind of like Joey Lawrence. Um, <laughs> a couple others, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hey, as long as I get some impressions, I'm, it's going to be a victory. Like, oh, <laughs> that's all I need. Well, you know, I'm surprised you had time to do this, Travis. Um, <laughs> I got another idea. You know, I see the figure back there on the on the shelf. But uh, all right, we'll talk about that. So, yeah, uh, just just real quick for anyone that doesn't know Travis's work yet. So, this is the we're going to talk about some other stuff first but this is the page puncher figure that i mentioned in in the start so that's what uh, what you're looking for in the stores if you want to read this comic see his work but then this one in particular this is one that travis did a remark on the cover for me and look at that oh that is gorgeous if you get the chance to to see travis at a convention go hit him up get uh you know remarks commissions whatever because look at that Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, man. That that that's a, a great piece. Thank you. But uh, you know, if uh, you've heard the show before, you know we uh, usually like to start with the origin story. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're we're gonna do. We're gonna start with yours. So, what was that first thing that made you want to be an artist? What did you see that said, "Oh, I I want to do that"? Oh, uh, I mean, I was one of those the 90s kids that uh, found comics very early, too early to truly pinpoint. I do remember 
uh, I think my first comic was uh, A Lonely Place of Dying oh, uh, from my older brother. Uh, I think he got a graphic novel from my grandma and um, it was Rob, Robin on the cover, you know, uh, with the, the big symbol behind him kind of flying in. And I remember that. So I, re I remember Nightwing before most people, especially my age, you know, I'm, uh, I'm 37. So puts me in that range of like when he started to get big. And that was actually one of my first uh, comics that I followed monthly. But um, yeah, that, I, I remember that and Batman the Animated Series and that kind of got me hooked. I was always a Bat Kid, um, even with the Marvel craze with Jim Lee's X-Men and all of that. I was, I was there for it, for Todd Spider-Man, um, but I was always, always a Batman kid. I do appreciate that. That uh, that was a fun run I did on Peter Spinnerman. That was a good one. So, what did you start doing once uh, you started uh, trying to to recreate those comics yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think that's how we all start. I would imagine so. Um, but yeah, it was like I, I said the the one that really kind of hooked me into comics that you know kind of that first first girl that stole your heart and and kept it was uh, the 95 Nightwing series from uh, mm. Scott McDaniel and Chuck Dixon. I actually have an original page from that run right here. Oh, nice. Wow. So that's a, that's a Scott McDaniel. Um, and I don't know what it was about those two together. Um, you know, I was probably around 10, um, but it hooked me and I tried to recreate some of those poses. And we remember Scott McDaniel's, the multi-figure Nightwing through the pages mm -hmm. and uh, you could just pick, a few of them to try to draw and just those bold blacks. And uh, I don't know, it, it, it stuck with me and hooked me and I've been reading comics ever since. Have you ever met Scott? Um, only online. Yeah. He, he yeah. It, early on in, in my career, when I started to uh, really think about doing this as a job and a living, I reached out to him and he actually gave me some very real and probably some of the best advice that I ever got. And um, he to, just to paraphrase it, and for any other artists who are listening, I'll kind of re, re share it in my own words. That he he just said, if you could imagine yourself doing anything else, do that. Mm -hmm. Only do this if this is the only thing you want to do. You know, there's there's no insurance, there's no stability, there's no there's there's just a lot of things going against it. So. You only do this job if this is who you are. You know, the if if the the money stuff and all of that, you just kind of put it aside and it's like, no, I do this because I am a card comic artist. That's just who I am. I can't do anything else. And uh, and that stuck with me. And I do tell tell that to people who are really interested in getting into the industry because it, it it gives them that reality of be prepared. This is tough. This is a tough life. Even when you make it, it's tough. Um, oh yeah. You know. And and it is tough to you know quote make it because you, it's not enough just to be good. You need a combination of good and lucky, because there are a lot Absolutely. of there are a lot of great artists out there that that don't get a foot in the door. Absolutely, you know I think oh, maybe maybe one of uh, Sean Murphy's first episodes. I think it was on your guys's uh, podcast where he was talking about his cards, the card analogy. You know you got to have you're playing poker and you got to 
you got to put your the highest cards. You got to give yourself the highest cards, and sometimes it comes down to luck. But you know, one card that you can always you know increase is your talent. You know, the your skill set. You can always heighten that. Where you live, things like that. Networking, going to conventions, and things like that. You just got to keep giving yourself the best odds. But just like poker, sometimes it comes down to luck. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. You got to be at the table to be lucky, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to so, ante up. So, where did your first, uh, we'll call it luck, come? What What was that first uh, foot in the door that uh, you were able to get? Well, I had done some work for smaller publishers. Um, I did a Moonstone uh, comic of Airboy that never came out. I finished. I did two issues, and they ended up scrapping it. You know. One of those things where it was like, eh, it happens in comics, lesson learned. I think we all have that rite of passage, you know, the bridge burning kind of situation. Um, But then after that, I landed a gig at Mad Cave Studios, who was still new at the time. Um, I know they've increased their... Uh, their output quite a bit and have some some good stuff coming out. But this was in the early times of them. And I did uh, a book called RV9. And it was more of a sci-fi spy thriller. Um, And I was, at the same time, I was being uh, mentored by Brett Booth. Oh, Um, So I had gotten close to him through Twitter. And, um, you know, I was getting these gigs and I was sending my stuff to him and he would send it back with notes and, um, you know, he really just was, is the sweetest guy and took the time. Um, we, we, we developed a good re- relationship. Um, some of my other art, you know, this is all Brett's. Um, I had him draw a green arrow for me who he hates cause he hates drawing archers. Um, so that <laughs> one's right. That one's right in center. I always think of that one. <laughs> so, awesome. um, you know, so we, we had a good relationship. And then um, because of Brett, he got uh, he got me on Scott Liddell's radar, who is doing uh, uh, Red Hood and The Outlaw at the time. So it was right before COVID. Um, and he needed a fill-in uh, for one of his issues. And not a full, full fill-in. It was just like two parts of a story. And he wanted me to do the Artemis part. Um, so that was kind of my first really lucky break was wow. I got my foot into the door and that was right when Ben Abernathy took over uh, as group editor for uh, Batman. So it was, it was right along that big kind of change. Um, so I got my, I got my first, you know, big gig, my first DC thing. And then a month after was the shutdown. Oh. So that, that was super hard. Uh, that was super hard on me. Um, it was tough. It, it um, sounds like such a typical story for anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, you started getting uh, the ball rolling, and of mm-hmm. course, something, uh, something. One last thing to derail you. And it wasn't just um, it wasn't just COVID too. You know, that's when uh, Diamond, uh, you know, or when they when DC pulled out of Diamond, so they were starting to just restructure everything from you know top to bottom. So it was always like we don't have anything we're, we're, we're super booked. You know, they were downsizing, um, you know, all the books and they were pretty much only keeping the top tier people going on monthlies while they figured out what to do. So it took about a year and a half to get, um, another DC thing, but what I got was actually pretty cool. Um, and it was in the holiday special, uh, a couple years ago. 
And um, it was a Legion of Superheroes story. So I got to redesign Polar Boy. Um, this is during like the Bendis run. Okay. So I, I, I got to make him look like he fit into more of that that mm-hmm. version of it. Um, so I got to do some of that, which was really cool um, because you don't usually get to do stuff like that in like holiday issues. There's no usual like, no, we want you to redesign a character. It's more of, you know, make Superman delivering presents or something like that. So it was actually really cool. They specifically told you, we want you to redesign his look. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yep. How long did it take to kind of come up with that idea? And oh, man. Uh, I would say a couple days. It took me a couple tries Yeah. Uh, to do it. Yeah, there, there it is. Um, yeah, it, my influence was uh, at the time I was looking at a lot of like, what what was going on in Bendis's run, and he was supposed to be like a, a younger kind of kid, um, and I actually took a lot of like K-pop references. So what was going on with those like yeah. boy bands, the K-pop bands, and I wow. took a lot of that fashion because it seems futuristic anyway, and then I put it into kind of the same color scheme that he had traditionally. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. So. Rad. Yeah, yeah. It was it was an awesome opportunity, and then right from from that short story. Um, it seems like I've been working ever since on something. Mm. What's that like whenever, you know, you get, you know, an opportunity, like you said, your first, your first opportunity was just a couple of pages and then you get the holiday story. What's that like to finally see your, your work on the stands? I mean, to walk into a store and be like, this is mine. It's, it's pretty it's pretty surreal. Um, I would say when I get my comps, I, I typically don't like to look at my own stuff because I'm way too critical. Yeah, so I usually just put it to the side. It's, it's when I'm invited by my like local shop to do signings and stuff, and I see it in other people's hands, mm-hmm. I think that's when it hits for me. Not so much when I see it, because I'm always going to have a certain perception of my stuff, because I'm only, only going to see the flaws. Like, oh, I wish I could change that. Even when Robin just put that image up, I was right. just like, <laughs> like oh, I would do something so different now. Um, because my style has changed a little bit too. It's evolved, right. you know, so forth. But yeah, when I see somebody have that book in their hands and they come up to me um, and when it's signed, that's when I think I get that feeling of like, holy shit. Like, right. that, I, I did that. Like, I, I did that with other people. Like I brought books for other people to sign. It's it's crazy to to experience it from the other side of the table. That's got to be a really good feeling. Yeah, yeah, it is. There's I, I don't know if there's anything like it, and that's how I know that I think I'm supposed to to be doing this is because I I can't imagine anything better. Right now, where is your local shop? Um, so Hall of Justice is my local shop. It's in Parker, Colorado. It's about a 20 minute drive from me. I live in Denver. Oh, okay. um, and it's, it's a fantastic shop. Um, if anybody's ever just happens to be in Colorado, you should check it out. It's, it's one of those shops. It's, it's newly renovated. It's got two stories. So when they do guest signings, then they do their own little free comic book day or, uh, a mini con. They put all of us, uh, who live in Colorado up on the, the top floor, which is carpeted. It's super nice. It's a big wide open space. And then the entire bottom section is, you know, brand new shelves, glass, glass cases, just full of 
all the goodies. Um, so it kind of keeps us out of the the products way. So everybody just goes upstairs and <laughs> gets their book signs and they can go back down and it's it's fantastic. It's it's probably the best store I've ever seen. Cool. No, I've never seen yours, Robin. So please don't take offense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has two I will, I will be. I will be in Toronto, so I'm gonna have to check it out. Uh, yeah, I I have only ever visited Colorado while playing Horizon Zero Dawn. That's the closest I've come to to being okay. in Colorado. So, uh, but yeah, it sounds like a great shop, and it has a great name too. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's funny you mentioned that. The where you start in Red Rocks, that is an amphitheater. Um, very, yeah. very popular here. And um, like the stadium is the mile high stadium. Like all of that stuff is super accurate. Yeah. 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 What, what would you say so far out of uh, the stuff that you've worked on? I know you're super critical, but what, would you say there's like a, an issue or a particular page or even like a panel where you're like, oh, I nailed it finally. Yeah. Um, luckily, it was one of the ones that I got approved for when I first showed my preview. And it's for this book. And maybe it's because it's Batman, whether it's an Elseworld story or like a, a fun time traveling story like this. Um, I think I just put everything that I had because who knows when I can do Batman again. You know, you get the chance to do Batman. You have to put everything you had. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and there's a page where uh, Batman's – it's his reveal page, and uh, Robin has a torch, and he's kind of walking through a dark cave, and he, he lights uh, Batman just sitting in a throne because it was very Conan the Barbarian, but I wanted it darker. Like I wanted that, that Conan in the throne pose, but also Batman the Animated Series when he's you know being super moody and broody and sitting in that – you know, in that chair in the dark, I wanted it yeah. to just be those two things mixed. Um, so yeah, there's the, uh, Andrew Dollhouse did the, the colors. Fantastic, fantastic job. Um, but I also sent over my, my inks as well too. Very cool. Yeah. It's one of yeah. the, one of the last things you posted on your, mm -hmm. on your Instagram. Yeah. So. I have it pinned because, so I think that that's probably the thing that I'm, the most proud of as well mm. as in my my superboy uh backup story the kid flash one uh i did a double page spread of uh another character that i got to design which was the sinestro core or parallax infused uh reverse flash that uh, why cool. that's why that's never been done before i have no idea um it wasn't a complicated redesign or anything but i think it was still super fun to do super evil looking yeah, you know, he still has a little bit of that reverse flash mm -hmm. uh, in him, but like, you know, you can definitely see the Sinestro core influence. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so that was super fun. And my first time doing like the speedsters at all. So um, I don't know. I think they turned out pretty well. For sure. That's awesome. Thank you. So that the freeze, um, the freeze suit in the, is that mm -hmm. the same issue? Um, just... Yeah, so the fighting the frozen. Yeah, so it's a it's a time traveling story. So we've got a uh, steampunk eighteen hundreds kind of look for Mister Freeze Dude. as he and then he travels back into this you know the, this barbarian uh, uh, time period. So you've got two very different time periods, even though they're not the presence colliding, which is very fun. Yeah. What is it? Uh, 1876 yes. in Gotham. I think the story starts in mm -hmm. and then he gets, yeah, launched back to, uh, 
almost prehistoric. Uh, yes. Period. So in this one issue, you essentially redesigned Batman and Mr. Freeze, and you've already got two awesome action figures out of that. Well, I, I would love to take credit for the, the design. Todd actually sent 3D renderings of what the figures were already going to look like. Oh, no so, so, I, so I had like the visual of them, and then was like, okay, make the story with them. Okay. And, um, you know, I think it was easier that way for me um, because I, I had the look of what they wanted. And um, to me, it felt like maybe, maybe you guys remember uh, the 90s when the Ninja Turtles toys were the biggest things in the world. And you remember, like, they went through those phases. And towards the end of the Ninja Turtles fandom, they got pretty crazy with their toys where, like, they were going into space and they, they all had spacesuits or they were playing sports. Dude. You know, they all had a, a certain sports. You know what, you I know still, exactly what I'm talking about. I still mm-hmm. have my Leo in, yes. his, in his football uniform yes. and pads. I still mm-hmm. have that. It, they it went, was all so shameless. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure there was a prehistoric one where they were all very dinosaur influenced. So I took that idea of like, okay, they're just giving me fun toys to play yeah. with. And... um. <laughs> And that's what I did with the story. The script was very general. I mean, if, if you if you look through the book, um, the dialogue is very minimal. Um, so it really just allowed me to just tell the story with the pictures, yeah. um, which was a challenge, but a good challenge because it was up to me to just show everybody as if you were playing with the toys. This is the scenario. Uh. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, and Great idea. so the story didn't, you know, this, the story was what it was, but it felt like that imagination just kicking in, like where it's like, oh, they're time traveling. Why? It doesn't matter. It's just is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just go with it. Just We're playing. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, and, Keep playing yeah. with your figure. And the, and the visuals are, are interesting enough that you don't need uh, yeah. to, to flood it with a lot of why use slot word when few word do trick. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I love how you lead Kevin. the eye with the panel work and then Thank you. the big, you know, person in the foreground. You've done yes. that in several panels. I love that. Yeah. And I love how the panels, you know, it's not your j- just traditional, you know, mm-hmm. 16 block or whatever, but yep. like that right there. I, I love that. That's so cool. I was yeah. always taught, you know, um, like I said, mentioned, you know, uh, learning from Brett Booth and um, just talking to a lot of the greats. To me, it was always a matter of tell the story with the page, but make sure that you've got one or two panels that's going to sell the page. Mm. Give them something splashy on every page if you can, even if it's just somebody talking. You can still make that interesting. This one, yeah, like that. There are Look people. There are people standing around. So what did I do? I broke panel where they're cutting into the top one. Um, they've got a very dynamic pose because it's an upshot. It's just trying to make it more interesting to look at. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is the kind of stuff like like this is this is so that's so cool looking and like to to I, I like an untrained eye like myself. I'm not an artist. I look at that and I'm like, that looks so fucking badass. Why? And you break it down that way, it makes sense. And now I know, like when my son asks me, Daddy, can you draw me this? And I do it, and he goes, Daddy, it's just not working. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't feel it. And I go, I don't I don't know what you want, buddy. And now I know, oh, this is what he means. Like, 
dazzle me, you know? How many dude, things in daily life does Robbie tell you that's just isn't working? Just isn't working. <laughs> to be fair, I also tell myself that when I'm drawing those pages. This just yeah. isn't working. <laughs> I'll scrap it. It sounds like everyone does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. we, we are our worst our worst critics. And I know some of us are harder on each other than others. You know, um, I'm brutal. Just, just absolutely brutal. It's um, a, it sounds like it's like a curse in that, mm-hmm. like you're really good because you're really critical yeah, and you're really critical because you want to be really good. So it's like this snake. Yes. Tail. Absolutely. That, like, I think that's, it's, it's a good for us, you know, maybe not for yeah. your stress levels, but well, it's, yeah. it's a good thing for fans to have artists that are just continuously pissing themselves off with what they do. And have you ever, like, I mean, we've talked to a couple of guys. They start, they get through, like, 90% of a page, and they're like, I'm starting this all over again. It happens at least once an issue, if not twice. Oh, my God. Yeah. And are you doing this traditional style or digital? Well, I'm doing most of the work digital. Okay. Um, but I was trained as a traditional artist. Okay. Um, so when I was learning, um, you know, from, from Brett and some other guys, you know, they're all pencilers. Um, so, so that was, that was my start and my, my polar boy was in pencils. Um, but I switched to digital just because, uh, I've been, you know, uh, moving around a lot and trying to just get a lot of, uh, some of the, some of the cool things about the digital is the textures. And that's what I wanted to get into. And if you saw the black and whites of those pages, you could see that there's a lot of grayscale in there. There's a lot of texturing, Mm -hmm. um, which is really, yes. On like Mr. Freeze, you can see that kind of rusty, um, you can, you can, when you look at it, you can kind of feel what that texture is on that metal. It's not just a black circle with the white, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to let the, the colorist figure all that. Um, I like to have a little bit more control, um, even the glowing, uh, the glowing effect on the, uh, the gun, uh, was me. It wasn't the, the colorist. So I, I, I try to do as much work as possible. Um, and I think, some colorists like that. Uh, Andrew seems to really love it. I'm sure some other colorists don't like that because it limits them. But it's it's just the way that I'm going to do it because I'm yeah. in control of the lighting um, and setting the mood. Um, and that's not something that I particularly thought of when I was just doing pencils or pencils and inks. It wasn't until I started playing with that in the digital format where I could do a lot of grayscales that I started to think about lighting and mood and how important that is, especially in a Batman story. So and, uh, that's uh, an important dynamic of a, a penciler working with a colorist and finding the right one. That's why guys will yeah. stick with, uh, you know, with, with pairings, you know, you always see, Almost everything Jason Fabek draws yep. is colored by Brad Anderson. Yep. Almost everything Clay Mann draws is colored by Tomeo Mori. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think I've found mine in uh, Andrew, which is also a coincidence because Andrew Dollhouse is also Brett Booth's colorist. Oh, but that's not how we got together. Wow. Hmm. Like the, our, my editor didn't had no idea of my connection with Brett. He was like, I want to put you with Andrew Dollhouse. And I just happened to say, like, I know him. <laughs> like I, so it was just one of those things where it was like, oh, small world. So, so when you submit like, you know, a, a pan a page to your colorist do you have a conversation with them about where you see certain lighting and glowing and stuff well, like that or my you pa- just trust them 
It's it's usually that's that's why I do so much on on my pages is because mm -hmm. it's right there so they know. And um, if Andrew does have a question, um, we have a good enough relationship now where it's uh, he can just text me, and we can like and we'll text back and forth. But um, before that, you know, um, I had uh, different colorists, and I just kind of had to be like. Okay, here here yeah. it is, and yeah. I'll see the final product. And in some ways, that's good because you disconnect from it, mm -hmm. and you're not, you know, you're not being a diva about it, which is which feels great. But I think I like having a little bit of that security blanket and that input better because there's there's even been things where um, Andrew has sent a page and been like, "Hey, I zoomed in on this for a second. Were you? Did you mean to do this? And I would have been like, oh, shit, no, I, I can't believe. Let me let me fix that. Just just right as we're texting, let me fix it and send you over a new file. And and we've done stuff like that all the time, you know, where a, a line must have got erased or something or I, something that I didn't notice. Um, wow. So that kind of stuff comes with that that uh, artist colorist bond. You know what yeah. I mean? Is when you can do stuff like that. So I think that's why when you find a colorist, you stick with them because you start to just develop that relationship, and it's just and they go faster too. Once they know your style, they can just start going fast. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Now, because I don't uh, multitask well, I'm hoping that I didn't uh, miss you explaining this while I was looking for a for a picture. <laughs> uh, how did uh, how did this McFarland Toys project come across uh, your purview? Um, so it it's in the uh, the editorial group of uh, special projects. Um, so the special projects are always the ones that deal with not just DC, but are partnering with another company. Um, so, you know, this is with, uh, Todd McFarlane's toy lines and, um, they, they wanted to do this toy line and decided, Hey, let's just put a comic with it because they had done some page punchers in the past. I did, they did a, an injustice, I think one and an Aquaman one, and they seemed very successful and they just want to keep going with it. Um, so the editor approached me and said, hey, I think that you would be perfect for this. Do you want to draw Barbarian Batman? And <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, – I think we can, we can cuss on here, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I, that was my re response to my editor was, fuck yes. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> No you know, question. and Fuck. and I'm I'm pretty sure I had the the Conan soundtrack playing mm -hmm. more on my Spotify. You know, the month and a half I was working on this than anything else in my playlist. Sure, it just yeah. kind of it just sealed the deal. You know what I mean? When that music was playing, I just I would get into it. So, yeah. when you're drawing something like this, do you go full method and you start eating raw meat and <laughs> just what is best in life? Yeah, just yeah. wearing loincloths and. <laughs> You know, break it into your um, freezer. <laughs> I would like to say yes. Um, <laughs> I, again, with with the music, I, I definitely got into it. It is just like with with most uh, artists. If you if anybody ever found my phone, uh, <laughs> I would be so terrified, and not because of anything that you would think, like oh, what celebrities have on their phone. The reference photos that I take. Oh <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Is such blackmail gold for anybody who hates me. You because got the loincloth, didn't you? 
I was I was sitting in my chair, you know, like doing that pose. Had my phone. Yeah, you just hey, you got to do it. You know, you got to do, yeah. do it. It makes for better comics. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm sacrificing my dignity for everybody else. <laughs> it, for for as many people who take those pictures, you know, those reference photos where they feel undignified for, for everyone who feels undignified doing it. You've got the opposite in like a Jorge Jimenez who takes those, those reference selfies and looks like a model. How is that fair? (laughs) No, no artist should be that handsome. That's not fair. Like you, you pick a lane. Like yeah, you gotta yeah, pick right. a lane. You can't have both. You can't be that good and Throw look that year, good. Yeah, not no. okay. It's not okay. <laughs> I spend hours at the gym just trying to be okay, and then he just walks by, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Yeah. <laughs> uh, love him though. I mean, yeah, how could you not? Yeah, and how he's could actually, you not? Which is further not fair. It's oh, funny when yeah. like there was a couple. I think it was like when he first got. I forget what gig it was. But he started like wearing like Superman shirts, just like, mm-hmm. and he, he posted a couple. And Superboy, like, yeah. it was the new Fifty Two Superboy. Okay, and then yep. and people were like, "You should just like play him like on yeah. a show or something." Yeah. <laughs> He's better than Dean Kane yeah. <laughs> like, on a show. Not as crazy either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like what I I don't think he speaks much much English. It doesn't matter. We'll voice it over. It's fine. Yeah, no one's really listening. They're looking yeah. looking at him. It's fine. We'll make yeah. it work, dude. So the Batman is cool in that issue, but I gotta say, what sold me was the freeze. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I love that freeze suit. What I love about yeah. it because my favorite my my favorite Mister Freeze is the Kelly Jones Mister Freeze. Oh and yeah, yeah. Because he's so. He's so like massive mm-hmm. and he's scary too because he almost has that Robocop 2, um, you know, the cane. Like, yes. Where it's it's not even a full face, the, it's just the silhouette of a head like with the, in, yeah, within a dome. The dome just kind of yeah. goes into the traps and it just kind of has yeah. that shape. I, I do love you know, yeah. anything that Kelly Jones does. Like yeah. I don't care what anybody's opinion is, they can be as critical as they want. I don't care how many ribs Batman has, it looks fucking awesome. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter how if his cape can actually do that. It looks yeah. fucking rad. And, so and Kelly saw... has the best reasoning for why his Batman looks the way it does, you know? And, and yeah, I, it's a reason that I think more illustrators could apply to that, you know, mm-hmm. like the way he draws Batman, the way the criminals who have just been frightened by him recall seeing him. Yes. And, and that's just really cool. It is cool. And gives you a license to give him as many ribs yeah. as you want. Yeah. <laughs> ribs and abs. I mean, it's like, yeah. 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 Abs. So, this this Mr. Freeze right here, my favorite well, two favorite parts. He's the suit is hulking and massive and scary. Mm-hmm. It looks like what's his name from Resident Evil 2, the dude that breaks through uh and starts attacking you. Yeah, yeah. Uh looks like Yes. I, I yeah. know who you're talking about. And then the silhouette eyes in the in the head, in the in the mask looks that that's a terrifying look. Yeah. Because it's just dead. You have no emotion. There's there's nothing you can go by. It's just yeah. two lights, two illuminated eyes looking at you to come and fucking kill you. Yeah. And it's terrifying. So I, I love that freeze look. It's so cool. And and I didn't want to do 
much like changing of because I, I thought about like maybe playing with the the eyes in terms of like just like you do with spider-man you know giving some expressions uh, and it just it didn't fit it was like nope i'm just gonna mike mignola it like this is it it's black and white and they're circles and that's it that's what it's going so to be cool. all the time um uh, which i think was a better decision the um the 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 so we were just talking right before we started recording that San Diego Comic Con version. So you saw that as everyone else saw it when it was announced. Yes. Yeah. What did you think when you saw that? Uh I I liked it. I was like, that was when I had one of those moments where I was like, oh, a a line art version. Oh shit, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> like I I did that. I'm that's me. I'm I'm the line art person. Yeah. Like, and that's when I started to think about like. Yeah, it's not a Batman black and white statue, but it's pretty close, you know, oh, like cool, it's though. you know, it's yeah. it, it made me feel like wow, that's that's really cool. Yeah, that that's just that's just such a cool looking figure. And then you have the you have the the standard is that on your shelf behind you? Yes. Yeah, so I've got I've got all the figures here. There's the San Diego one. Yeah. That's oh nice. yeah. Is yes. that the, is that the right so one? Cool. That's That is. Yeah. And um that cover that comes with that version um, is also just a San Diego exclusive. I do Very have, cool. oh. um, I have it right here. So this is the Philip Tan cover, um, mm. which is very, it's it's the black and white rare version. Um, and I love this cover. Probably my favorite one. Um, oh, I'm trying Philip to get, Tan not version. get the, yeah, I'm trying not to get the glare on it, but you can yeah. see the, oh, the freeze, the, the over, freeze. It. Yeah. Yep, over How it. How do we blow him up there, Tom? Oh, here he's uh, where's let me see. I'll try Bam. to hold it still here there we without go. trying to kick you out. Yeah, you know, it's just cool. the, just the poses, uh, the Duke Robin and Cassandra Kane Batgirl. It's just it's just great. Well, yeah, I love how the freezes in the back top corner right there. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow, it's it's, awesome. it's fantastic. Um, coincidentally, my first uh, the Red Hood and the Outlaw issue that I did was also covered by philip tan so that was very poetic that's awesome how much are these page punchers because i feel like these are huge figures they are and but i'm i'm pretty sure they're uh what is it robin are you selling them at your store 20 25 they're not expensive yeah wow. just yeah just pretty standard price point yeah, yeah i mean pretty awesome for, for full articulation um with the comic book i mean I mean, at, at a convention, you can drop twenty twenty five dollars on a comic yeah. book easily just to get it signed, and all and and with this one, you can get a figure with it too. So hopefully, people are are going to be uh, excited about that uh, when, in um, San Diego. When I when I heard that we were going to have you on, I started scoping out the targets in my area. <laughs> they're all they're all sold out. All the page puncher oh, figures they get sold out by me, and one of the reasons is I live really close to. Uh, this place, it's a, it's like an ongoing convention a couple of times a week called Frankensons. Oh, okay. And so a lot of people who show there, well, they're like, they're, they're hounds at Target and Walmart and they'll wait for shipments to come in and they'll buy everything up and then they'll go take it to their booths. So I'm like, oh, maybe, but every once in a while I get lucky and I get, I yeah. sneak in and I find, but it's really hard to come by the page punchers with the figures lately yeah. because the toys are so popular. It's, that's cool. I mean, that's gotta be another level too, because some of these books that you're working on with the page puncher stuff could potentially be like a kid's first comic book ever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's your art that they're looking at. Yeah. And, and that's another uh, thought that, you know, the Stanley uh, saying of, you know, 
every comic is somebody's first, you know what I mean? And to think about that with, with the toys, with the figures. Yeah. I, I hope it's not a, I hope it's not just a, uh, a false hope of thinking like maybe a kid will pick this up, not just have fun with the toys, but look at the comic, carry the comic, put it in their backpack, take it to school, not, you know, not want to go to bed without that comic and keep getting more. You know, it's it's that one that'll hook them, you know, whether the story continues or not, whether it's in continuity, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. When we want to talk about new readers and getting new readers, that continuity and all that shit goes out the window. It's it's are they rereading that one issue that they have, whether they know what happens afterwards or not? Are they carrying it with them all the time? Because that's what we did. Yeah. And I know this isn't just uh, this isn't just like a hollow comic no. uh you know designed to sell the the figure uh yeah. there you know there there is story to this like my my favorite aspect of the story it'll spoil a little bit of it here when <laughs> mr freeze gets sent back through time nora mm. gets ba- sent back with him yeah and all the equipment is damaged you know she's frozen everything yep. and, but everything gets damaged so he is trying with what he can still pull together mm-hmm. in this location trying to keep her alive yes so, you know, yeah. there, there, there are stakes uh, happening. And then it happens that what he is trying to do is having uh, an adverse effect on the area he has arrived in. Yes. And I, I really liked that about the story where Mr. Freeze wasn't also turned into a one dimensional villain. He still kind of kept that heart of ice feel to him because he's not being bad he's just trying to save Nora and get home he just happens to be causing a ice storm you know freezing uh you know prehistoric villagers at the same time you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um so that was really cool um Mm. yeah it just it and and also you know there was also an opportunity to do some cool new stuff um with representation as well you know my robin in in this is duke thomas which is awesome um and cassandra kane is batgirl it's just it's just fun it's just it's just great that's cool yeah As, as we're talking here i uh I went on to Amazon. I did not realize that these are also available on mm-hmm. Amazon right now. Yep. And uh, they got the Freeze. They got the Batman. They got the uh, Robin. Who else do they have over here? They got the whole line available. Nice. So if people are having a hard time hunting these down in person, they got them on Amazon shipped to you Prime today right now. Yep. So beautiful. Yeah. That's, I, I actually you. just ordered one. Nice. Because I want that Freeze right now. Yeah. That's going to be <laughs> yes. hard. Because cool I want, I'm gonna open it because I want the freeze. So, but I also like the look that you have of it in the. That just it's the present the presentation of it is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm and gonna the, get one uh, for now and one for now. The uh, the cover of that one is really cool too. Um, I don't know if I have because um, that's by Carlos. Uh, is it Den- Denata? Um, he Deanda. did the Deanda. Yeah. Carlos Deanda. Deanda. Yeah. Um, and I always think of his work as um, when I was playing the Arkham game for yeah. the first time, yeah, the Arkham Asylum. Yeah. He designed all of them. His art yeah, was in the, awesome. the the start menu when you like unlocked, you know, information about a character. I just I I fell in love with his stuff. Um, One of the coolest designs for Killer Croc. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's. I don't know if That's, you can see look it. Look at that. Yeah. Look at oh, that. So man. cool, dude. And then the comic is in the back. So I'm sure there's there's links God, you can see the cover. Yeah. It's it's pretty beefy. Um, but yeah, I do love that cover. Um, I think so. I I had a, a stock 
of um, comps that I was selling at Denver Fan Expo, uh, not last weekend, but the weekend before. Um, so I was selling the toys, um, but mostly I, I had my comps and just selling the comics in case people were just interested in picking up the comic. And I sold out of, uh, I, I, I always have a struggle with his name. Um, it's Inuki an, an, uh, Lee, um, who did oh, like the main Batman cover. Um, you know, he's a fantastic cover artist. And it was so cool that, that we got him to do this one. The, um, I sold out of almost my entire stock. So that's awesome. Yeah, you, uh, you're planning on being in San Diego. Uh, yeah. Is that next week already? Right? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I yeah, assume it's... you're going to be there, Tom. Yeah. So Travis, I'm, I'm going to look forward to coming in and saying hi to you. Where Where can people find you? Because we're going to try to get this up before San Diego. Um, so I'm going to announce it. I don't have the specifics yet, but I'm going to be um, at a, a game developers booth. And um, we're announcing, uh, so you can hear it, see it, hear it here first. We're announcing uh, a new DC uh, trading card app game, um, much like Marvel Snap. Um, it's going to be called DC Dual Force. And I'm doing a mini series comic that's going to go along with the premiere of that, uh, of that app. So I'm going to be signing um, the cover. They're going to print out some posters of the cover issue number one. Um, so it's all going to be announced at, at San Diego. So hopefully when people hear this, it'll already be announced. And I'm going to be signing some posters there. Very, very, cool. very awesome. Um, so I'll be there Thursday and Saturday at that particular booth. That's awesome. Um, posters, I'm assuming they'll probably have some kind of like uh, uh, gameplay... Uh, I assume so. Yeah. Yep. Cool. I, I, I think they, I think they will. So pretty excited about it. I've been, this has been behind closed doors. I've been teasing it on my Instagram and, and Twitter. It's, it's been kind of fun seeing like what people have been guessing what I'm doing because I've posted like some Batman and then I'll post like a flash and then Shazam and Superman and nobody knows what's going on. I've done a Joker um, and people are just like, what are you working on? <laughs> and, and finally I get to, I get to say it. So that'll be exciting. Very cool, cool man. Yeah. Are you going to be down there every day? Yep. Yes, I, I will. So okay. I'm only going to be doing signings for those two days. Um, mm -hmm. But I will be around. I'll be taking commissions. If anybody wants anything signed, I'll kind of just, I, you know, I have my social media. You can just DM me. Um, I'll be around. Yeah, so. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to see now. I'm gonna have to keep that phrase in the box because I'm gonna want you to <laughs> in the box. I did so, a yeah. I did a remark on it in Denver. Uh, I did a couple figure. of remarks on the figures, like just the the box. That's um, genius. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. Now I got to get yeah. one to open too. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not gonna. And, and, I'm not gonna begrudge you. And try to scoop the uh, the San Diego one too. Yeah, yeah. If, if uh, I think I think you know they they've been pretty good about limiting a certain amount per day. So yeah, um, it's all about like what time you get there during the day. Like if you get there early enough, there'll be opportunity to buy the figure. I'm not sure what the price point on the figure is though, but since it's an exclusive, it'll probably be at least like yeah. 25 or a little more I, I would think so it's hard because people always goes for those exclusives and that's a really cool looking one so mm -hmm. a little anxious to see if those will last but i'm gonna, well, I'm gonna and, try and it'll be interesting to see what effect the actors strike now because we've already yeah. had the writer strike going on for a couple months mm -hmm. and now the writer the actors uh guild sag guild ha has gone yep. on strike as well 
Yep. So that means uh, no presence of a lot of these, you know, movie and TV things happening <sighs> at San Diego. Oh, right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what effect that has. Cause yeah, I've only done San Diego once, but yeah, it was actors and <laughs> comedians and stuff everywhere. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. When you see the absence of like the lines of hall H what is that going to do? Is there going to be more interest in the comics and the creators? Is it going to come back to more of that when people aren't waiting in line to see the new trailer for the new Marvel movie or what what have you? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, in in some ways, it'll be beneficial on the con floor, too, because like I remember around the Marvel booth, like, there would be points of the day where you couldn't pack. So like DC and Marvel kind of have their giant booths in the kind of the center of the the main room and there would be periods of the day where you couldn't pass through the center area of the room because like the cast of agents of shield were doing a signing at at the marvel booth so it was a sea of people so you had to go around the perimeter of the room almost to to get by that so if there's none of that going on yeah absolutely it's almost like it's gonna be like I don't know what they call them. I think they're called like a comic con. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it's going to focus on. What, now. like just just comics? I can't just, be right. <laughs> no, yeah. bizarre. But we'll see. Yeah, you know um, what? I, what I what I liked is the, one of the years that I can't remember who it was that pulled out or what the reasoning was. I, you know, it was post COVID, so it was money. You know, it's really hard <laughs> to send multiple people on a payroll. You know, show out a whatever you got going on. Pay for hotels and all that as a company. So they're like, we're going to save a couple hundred thousand dollars, not do any of that, and we'll do stuff digital. And I remember that specific year. It was crazy because then it felt like Artist Alley then exploded Mm -hmm. with um, activity because there's no signings or there's no panels or whatever. So it just felt like for the first time in a long time, Artist Alley turned into this like big place where multiple signings every day for multiple comic artists and writers and and you know i was looking at the schedule this year and it seems very similar where it's like every day like some of the artists and writers are doing multi like jeff loeb is doing like like four signings all weekend like a a signing a day yeah it's like that's awesome like you know yeah stuff like that where you get an opportunity to you know walk up and meet get something signed have a talk with them and um that, I feel you know, like that's that's what's going to benefit in a way. Yeah, and you don't have to choose between do I want to see this panel of creators talking or do I want to get this signed by a different creator because the times are just not lining yeah. up because they're only doing one of each. You know, right. it, that that that's a great option to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be I think beneficial for for the artists and the and the writers and stuff to get the uh, the um, the spotlight back onto it. it's well maybe it'll feel a little bit more like how i felt last year at new york new york it was my first time in new york comic-con i'd never been before so i went last year i didn't table i was just walking around just you know talking to the friends that i've made kind of networking just experiencing it and um that felt like what i remembered as a kid as a comic-con that was a very creator heavy convention because those lines that you know people were talking about that you know, line up for Hall H, you know, those lines were for Scott Snyder and Peach Momoko. You know what I mean? Like these lines were crazy for creators. And that was so cool to see um, because I hadn't seen that in San Diego. Yeah, I think it feels like New York really gives the respect 
to the <laughs> artists because they put them in such a massive artist alley is literally its own thing separate mm -hmm. and yes and it's it's massive and san diego you know they they have everybody off to one side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, they just, yeah. they just yeah, scoot yeah. them over in the corner. You guys go over there, you know. And it's Comic like, and people. You, yeah, and you turn around. <laughs> you turn around and look, and there's this giant Funko behind you, like staring yep. at you. It's like okay, right yeah. next to the Dragon Ball Z guy, like about to punch <laughs> you in the face. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it, it was a weird thing. Yeah, that seeing how small the artist presence seemed at san diego and they were kind of uh separated too you know like oh yeah part of it was here and then part of it was a little more over here and you're on the list also for the toronto fan expo i am uh, yes. I, have you have you been to the toronto one before no okay, so, so it's my first time in toronto so expect the toronto show uh because i've been to both expect the toronto mm -hmm. show to feel like san diego just with you know less famous people walking you know it's it's okay. less on the uh, the actors because all the uh, all the so the toronto show is in two buildings the the toronto uh, expo center oh, is two okay. uh, two separate buildings and what they do is the one building is where they keep all of the celebrity signings and all that stuff so all the people that are there for that are in a separate building which really cuts down on congestion yeah but then artist alley is huge uh, it's. I haven't been to New York, but uh, Toronto has a far bigger artist alley than uh, San Diego. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, One thing you should expect is for people to steal the comps off your table. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we only have confirmation that that happened once. Okay, and then also everyone there is going to apologize to you for taking up so much of your time to get your autograph to. Now, I so you just, you just shattered apologize. one stereotype and just solidified another. Well, here's this will bridge the two of them because I believe that guy who stole the book did apologize for it. <laughs> he did. He did. Ooh, so, so sorry. Uh, so quick, sorry. Quick, quick, yeah. quick explanation for you, Travis. So uh, this is fan expo. I don't know. Four pound shit now, shit cool. Five six years ago maybe. Uh, so I'm there at the show. It's you know first or second day of the show, and uh, I get a message from Lieber Mayo. Uh, he was at oh, the okay. phone that year. Oh nice. And he he just asked if I could come by his by his table when I get a minute. So I make my way over there and hey what's <clears> up? <throat> and he asked if I knew anyone at the show that would be wearing one of our t-shirts because a guy that was wearing our t-shirt uh, had been to his table, bought a couple prints. And then this was uh, the month before book one of Batman damned came out. Oh, okay. So uh, oh. DC had done a thing where they had uh, printed off this galley edition of it and sent it out to some of the shops. Mm -hmm. So it was the entirety of the first issue of Batman damned, but the, all art, zero text. No words. Uh, in, in the oh. whole thing, yeah. So it's a, a beautiful edition of the book. Holy shit. I would love so, to yeah. have that. So uh, Lee had a copy on his table because, you know, this was right before the book came out. So he <laughs> was uh, going to hype it up all weekend. This sure. was the, the one copy of that that he had. So he was going to be showing it to everyone that came by the table. Sure. So someone had come along, bought some prints from him. And when they left, he noticed the this book was gone too. Okay. So he messaged me to see if, you know, maybe I knew this guy because he was wearing one of our shirts. 
Okay. Fair so enough. I was like, well, I, I don't know anyone who is here wearing one, but I've seen a couple people walking around him, which is awesome. Uh, so I told, you know, I, let me go look around. Cause I feel bad. And he said, no, like, I, I don't blame you. You know, for, <laughs> this is just someone that happened to be wearing your shirt. So don't think that you have any duty. And you know, this place is here. It's, this is a giant con or a million people. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. You're, you're, you're not going to find this guy. I just figured I'd ask, but well, mm-hmm. let me try anyway. Well, Robin okay. is the Canadian. world's greatest detective. So, <laughs> so I, I, I thought, well, sure. let's see. So, Okay, over at the other end of Artist Alley, I know Scott and Greg are doing a, a signing right now. So <laughs> the kind of guy that would be wearing one of our shirts is probably the kind of guy that would be going to a Scott and Greg signing. Look so at I you and doing detective walk, work. Yeah, walk the, walk the line over there like, ah, no, no, I don't see anyone here wearing one of our shirts. Well, let, let's go check, you know, that every con has that giant T-shirt tower. So, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go try the T-shirt thing. You know, there's always a lot of people around that. Uh, head over to that thing and as i'm approaching it i see a guy wearing one of our shirts and then i see that he's got a bag in his hand and outside of the bag he's carrying uh, a hard case with uh, a liber mayo print in it so i go up and ask hey man uh no sir wearing our shirt that's awesome and uh, Did you steal something? And and, and uh, I think you've got uh, <laughs> a, a Libra Mayo. Shines uh, the light. Basically, <laughs> I see you've got a, a Libra Mayo print there too. And he goes, yeah. And he pulls, opens his bag too, and goes, yeah. And I got this too. And I said, that's awesome. But here's the problem: <laughs> that book wasn't supposed to be taken. Bad so cop have... comes out, or keep, whatever, whatever, whatever the whatever the equivalent is. Bad Mountie. I don't. So Here's then I the feel problem. like I feel like I'm walking this guy to the principal's office, bringing him back to Lee's booth to to, to own up to what happened. <laughs> but, oh yeah, man! Anyway, that that that's the story. Yeah. Well, and so he did I, say sorry. Oh sorry. yeah, you did. He so, was sorry. Just get ready, Travis. I mean. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll have to, uh, yeah, maybe Velcro some stuff to the table just in case. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we haven't figured out Velcro yet, so you'll be safe. <laughs> My favorite part of that story is that he didn't just give it back to Robin to walk back. He, like, no, you, like, you walked him, you walked him back to the booth to, like, like make him face. Yeah. <laughs> you walk him a mile. Walk oh, him yeah. a mile. Robin was like, Liam Nelson, Liam Neeson. He's like, I've got a certain set of skills. <laughs> give me a name. <laughs> Where's oh, the trigger? <laughs> That's funny, man. Well, he's he's named Robin for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, whenever there's trouble, you can always count on a Robin to help. Yeah. Did you? And then Lee gave him a beautiful, like he gave him a beautiful sketch cover as yeah, a thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a sketch wow. for me because that comic. Is great. I mean, they they don't. That's that was very limited no. the, the amount they printed. So that thing, if somebody wanted to sell that online, it would go for bonkers. Yeah, it was going for bonkers. Yeah, it is. And it's yeah. funny because I brought but. Our shop got a copy of it, which, you know, by default, I, I tend to be the one who receives Batman things. Yeah. So uh, I brought it with me and it was the, the first copy of that uh, that Lee had ever signed. Oh, man, that's so awesome. I know, like, when the holidays come around, if I don't know what to give to somebody, if it's like, you know, a family member or a friend and I'm like, I don't I don't know what to give. I always give Batman Noel. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. how could you how could you not like that? You know what I mean? It's a coffee table 
book. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it's Christmas themed. Like every, every, you know, it's just the perfect gift. If you don't know, especially coming from a comic book person, like that's, yeah. that's my go-to gift. Yeah. Man, it's genius. Ever since that incident that happened to Robin, anytime I ever see Lee at a con, I just wait by his table and hope someone's going to steal something. Tom just says that cracking his knuckles and yeah. Yeah. his fist into his hand. Yeah, and Lee's like, are you okay, Matt? No, I'm just watching, just making sure everything's good here, man. He's like, Matt, oh, for okay, security. <laughs> well, no, no one, you're guaranteeing no one's going to take anything. Tom's kind of an imposing guy. So yeah, that's true. You might want to hang back and you want to let them take it because yeah, you then you might get like it. You, you got to <laughs> yeah. then you'll get a, some kind of exclusive out of it. You'll get your own cover. You know what That's I mean? True. I'm playing it. I'm playing it too dumb. I'm I'm, I'm, mm. I'm too I'm too in the face. I gotta. I, gotta <laughs> I, I think it was I think it was Gramps that said. Uh, I had given someone twenty bucks to to go steal that book yeah. off Lee's table, <laughs> and I said, "No, I didn't. I gave him a bat for a shirt." <laughs> <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> Oh man, uh, that's good stuff. Yeah, I'm so, I'm pretty um, excited to see Toronto though. It, it'll be my first time. Okay. Uh, I've been to Montreal quite a few times, um, but yeah, never Toronto. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, Toronto, you get the benefit of people not giving you attitude because you don't speak French. Ah, uh, yes. I, I've I've been to Montreal too. My <laughs> mm-hmm. my French is terrible, and uh, yeah, if you go in if you go into a Burger King and try to yes. order in English that they don't like it they, they don't like it they, they, they will look at you cross-eyed but you uh, know low whopper <laughs> and maybe this is the wrong response but i you know i've never been like a super patriotic guy but something happens in montreal to me when they speak to me in french and i get like super american and i'm like <laughs> and i'll just like over enunciate or everything in english and kind of puff my chest out and I'm like i'm fucking american <laughs> you know and i've never been like that before but something happens in montreal <laughs> That is I get real USA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's funny. You're welcome for all the uh for Hollywood and everything that the industry <laughs> provide. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So uh exactly. what's what's that um all, speaking of like how big cons are and everything, how much ground you what's that thing that people can stand on that you can stand on it and it like rolls just from you standing on it? The segue? Yeah, speaking of segues, uh, so you mentioned earlier, uh, you you seem to have some knowledge of the uh, the game Horizon. So, yes, uh, are, are are you a gamer at all? Uh, just very casually. Um, I wish that I could play more. Um, I could probably play maybe one or two games a year for the last couple years. Yeah. Um, I did get through maybe a month ago. I got through Gotham Knights. Finally, okay. finally finished that one out. Um, but you know they keep putting out so much good stuff and I keep yeah. seeing everybody having a good time and I'm just sitting here just just it, you know trying to uh, get a little bit of the splashback from everybody enjoying games so I used to be a big gamer now that I'm a pro- professional comic artist not so much yeah. yeah like what's yeah the time right yeah I just I just don't have the time and unfortunately the same thing with like reading comics I just you know what jumps to the the top of my list are my friends comics Mm -hmm. like and um you know that's not to say like you know there's fantastic all all types of comics you know the indie comics and um it just seems like whenever some one of my friends puts something out that kind of just jumps to my list so if i'm at a coffee shop and you know 
I'm, I've warmed up, you know, I've done like a warm up sketch and I'm like, nope, I'm going to read something first to get me in a good mindset to draw. Um, usually it'll be one of my friends. So, um, you know, uh, I, I'm friends with Sweeney Boo, um, cool. pretty close with her. Um, so I, I'm reading her Harley when I can. Um, the new Blue Beetle. Um, I'm friends with the artists. Uh, so, you know, it's just it just with such limited time, I have to choose carefully. You know what I mean? And and that sucks because I wish that I could read everybody's because everybody's doing such amazing things. You know, like I'm so excited to read, you know, Tom King and Daniel Sempre's Wonder Woman. Um, but, and, and I know Daniel, um, I met him at San Diego Comic-Con yesterday and um, we became friends. So I, I definitely want to read that. So that's one that'll jump to the, the top of the list, but that doesn't mean that what's going on in detective comics with Ram V's, you know, is, is any less important or less or less good. It just, it, I just won't get to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And speaking of what you just mentioned, Ram's stuff on detective, like he's not doing something small, like what he's been doing yeah, on that yeah. book is like, I think, you know, it'll, it's going to be even better in trade because of, Oh yeah. But, but yeah, like you're right. Like I, I, I fell off on his stuff and I know it's great. I know it's mm -hmm. great. And it's just like, fuck, I've got to get back to like, you know, jumping yeah. back in on it. So yeah, it's for you guys. I mean, like you're living in it, working in it 24 seven, mm -hmm. it's all around you and you don't have time for it. Yeah. It's which sucks. Um, so, you know, we just, I feel like it's just a, an important part of social media for us as comic artists is to just support as many people's books as possible by you know, liking or sharing, or um, I always like, I try to give comments um, just to say like, hey, I know you are suffering through this book. I see <laughs> you, <laughs> I, I feel it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You see like a page or a panel and you're like, just, just oh like a work God. in progress, you yeah. know, like that's all I need. And I know, like, I know they're struggling through it, you know, and it's just, yeah. you just want to send that positive energy of like, I know, I, I know yeah. what you're going through. What's, yeah. um, you ever get like stuck on a page or something where you're like, I don't know how to draw this and you're like kind of stuck. What's a trick that you use to maybe kind of develop how you're going to approach the, the scene. Um, using real life references as much as possible. So we, I, I know we joked about um, how I use myself as a reference, but not just that using environments. Um, I'll tell a quick little story. Um, when I was doing my black Adam number one cover um, mm -hmm. and it was Shazam versus black and Adam, it was my first uh, official like DC cover. Um, I was having a lot of trouble with the background because uh, Shazam is being smashed into the rock of eternity. Mm -hmm. And I was having trouble with the angle because it's kind of a downward angle of how the cracks were forming. And you think of like, you look at a mirror, you, it's pretty easy to, to figure out the cracks, but it works differently when it's stone and concrete and there's a different texture and there's a different feeling. Um, so I was walking early morning to a coffee shop just to, to try to sketch some stuff out and start smashing people's shit. Didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, there was some, there was some thick ice and I was like, huh? And I looked down and I stomped on it. Um, cause it was pretty thick. So it, it gave it that crack, uh, that spider crack, exactly what I was looking for. I angled my phone. Um, to the exact angle that I needed to. And I took a picture and boom, I had a reference that I could use to make a very realistic crack. 
instead of just, yeah, that's probably good enough. Wait, um, so you were that person on Influencers in the Wild where they're like, look at this crackhead stomping on ice out yep. here. <laughs> no. no, that's if, really cool. That's really cool. I mean, if, if I had a drone, I'd probably be flying that to construction sites, taking photos at different weird angles for, you know, uh, for Gotham shots and stuff like yeah. that. But um, when I travel, um, you know, we talked about Montreal. Um, I took a lot of great shots that I would definitely use for Gotham. Yeah, if you're in like Old Town Montreal, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you have like the the bridges and things like that, yeah. What's well, that? It's 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 the cobblestone. It's that European, almost Londony kind of feel mixed with New York. With they're like right next to the new building. So yeah. to me, that feels very Gotham. But then you have to omit all of the strip clubs that have like, oh, all, huge all of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Naked women outside all of it. them. <laughs> all of it. Montreal would be very disappointed because they're very proud (laughs) people gotta make a living yep that's true no judgment some girls are just trying to work their way through college that's right which is a lot cheaper there (laughs) (laughs) they they don't have to work as many hours good for Mm -mm. them no No, they got free time there you go and and healthcare (laughs) yes Exactly. Has it, has it has it like so? You were mentioning that you got 3D renders of the of the the, the freeze stuff. Yes. And was there a point or a time when you know like things like in your career happening where you're like sitting there, you're getting these renderings in, and it's from it's like from Todd McFarlane, and you're like in an email exchange or however they sent it to you, and you're like, all right, so Travis, here's what we're gonna do. Um, and you're like working with Todd McFarlane. Like, what is that like when you're like, I'm fucking exchanging emails with Todd McFarlane on a project that we're working on together? Well, funnily enough, um, all of all the the Todd stuff went through the editor. So so I almost got everything secondhand in terms of like if they had any comments or directions, which they really didn't. They there was never a criticism. It was always just like love what you're, they just wanted to let you know they love what they've seen. That's it was cool. like, cool. Um, so it was very just general until New York Comic-Con of last year. And um, I just was walking down one of the, the, the alleys and I walked past uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo and Todd had gotten up out of his seat um, and he was with a couple of people. I think maybe he was heading to a panel or something. Um, and I, I, I just kind of moseyed up to him and I said, Todd, and this woman did not want me to talk to him. I don't know if she was ushering him somewhere else, but she kind of put her hand up. And and I said, I, I just finished some work for you. And then he kind of like put his hand yeah. like to her and he was like, oh, nice to meet you. And I told him what I was working on. And he was very, he said, I can't do the act, the, 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 the voice, but he's like, I'm very proud of, of those figures. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I've seen those pages. They look fantastic. Oh, so my- very- very proud of them. Love the figures. Not to out her. That that was probably Shannon uh, that was there, and uh, she she has a big job at comics yeah. because she you know tries to manage Todd's time and you know where he when he's supposed to get things done and get from here to there. Yes. Because Todd will give so much of his time to each individual person that mm-hmm. it will be impossible to keep on schedule. So she has a huge task. Right. Uh, yeah, I could I could tell like she was like, we need to go somewhere yeah. now. And I didn't want to keep a lot of his time. It was more of like, this was my one opportunity to meet 
Todd McFarlane by the opening line of, Hey, I just did some work for you. You can't yeah. do, you can't do much better than that. Um, yeah. and that was my interaction and I shook his hand and he, he said, great work. And that was it. And, and I'll, I'm happy with that. You know, yeah. what, what more could you ask for? That's awesome, right. man. Yeah. That late, what's her name? Uh, Robin Shannon. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I'm paid by him to get him to stop talking. To yeah, yeah. Don't talk to him. <laughs> My job. Yeah, because yeah, if you've seen Todd at at uh, cons, and so uh, a few years ago he did uh, a fan expo in Toronto, and mm. so he had a few signings set up during the day. So in the morning he had you know he was signing from this time to this time and then he would have a break and then afterwards he was coming back and doing a signing with greg for a while and then they would leave and then he would come back to another sign todd spent so much time so much more time than he was supposed to with every single person that was coming up there he didn't leave the booth the whole day he stayed there signing and chatting with people they weren't supposed to be doing pictures but he was stopping for selfies with everyone Wow. And I mean, then, uh, end of the day, you know, him. yeah, I, like the, he was the con was closed and he was still there. And he said, OK, anyone that wants to to do some pictures, line up and we'll, we'll do some pictures here. And then wow. he said, OK, all the uh, the con volunteers, you know, if, if you guys want to make a line here for any signings or pictures. So, yeah, just stayed after hours after the con. And wow. I mean, super cool guy. Yeah. you Yeah there's a reason why his, you know, he's had the career that he's had and he does what he does. I mean, just the fact that he was like, no, these toys are shit. I'm going to make my own. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, that blows my mind. And, and not in a mean way. He's just like, nope, we're going to do it ourselves yeah. and they're going to be awesome. And it. that's just taught, yeah, <laughs> taught in a nutshell. <laughs> like, nope, we're going to do it ourselves. Yeah. Fucking spawn out the ass. We're going for it. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it, it, it's so wild too. Like uh, when when we heard that he was uh, helping to resurrect the DC Direct stuff, and yeah. he's got he's doing all the the DC stuff. That was wild too. Mm-hmm. To kind of see see him step into that stuff, so it's cool. And and, and, and 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 now that's like an outlet for for people to see your stuff, which is yeah. Awesome. And and for the price point, I mean, you can't beat it. Yeah, it's they're not um, I, they're not you know the sideshow level uh statues but for 25 bucks i mean they look fantastic there's fantastic we have a a group chat that uh uh we're caught people are constantly throwing in uh his stuff into the group chat to show off and say they're gonna get it and it's funny because one of the most recent things that was tossed in there was your freeze figure and the batman figure nice so yeah so i mean we're not trying to blow smoke up your butt like um i'll take it, it. Was, yeah, yeah no we well, actually just talked about it on the uh upcoming grumps and gramps episode there you go nice yeah they do an action figure podcast uh spinoff and uh well yeah, i i really appreciate that guys like truly i appreciate it that that makes <clears throat> me so happy you know uh, even with social media you know with things the way they are sometimes it's still hard to even when you make it it's it's, it's hard to get your name out there and it's hard to associate yourself with a you know a, a title like this you know what i mean um so i i really do appreciate that yeah for for that packaging right there that you got there mm-hmm. does it yes. say anything about like um 
I know that you know your work is in the comic and the mm -hmm. your name's on the comic, but does it say anything as far as like um, the the figures and, and that kind of thing with you with with you specifically? Because DC Direct used to do that. I don't know if Todd continued. They that. they did. Uh, Todd's uh, packaging is. I think they just want to keep it real lean and mean. Mm -hmm. um, so it's 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 just very simple. Um, and even in the back, it, it's just very clean and simple. So my name is, does not appear on the figure. I think you have to actually get into the, the comic to see that Mercer name. I mean, you might be able to, like, you can see it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like on, through. Yeah. That's why you got yeah. You're up there on the, uh, cause you want the window corner. box. Display. Yeah. You want, you want the window box display and then you want to crack it open and play with it in the tub. Of course. Yeah, of course. But yeah. to be fair, I mean, Lee Romero did a, he, he did one, uh, a Batman, Superman, and uh, Constantine. There was a page puncher uh, book that he did too, and you know, he, his name wasn't on it. Uh, Sean Murphy's name wasn't on his, so you know, I can't really complain because it's yeah. not like they're playing favorites or anything like yeah. that. It's just you know they want to keep their packaging. We just we don't have mean. the time. We don't have the space. <laughs> I'd love to, guys. I, I, trust me. I'd love to put all your names on the fucking box, all right? Trust me. But we just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a time thing. Um, I got Ty but... Cobb's teeth in a box, and they don't have his name on the box. As long as it's not that baseball. So I used to love Mr. Freeze specifically. I would take Mr. Freeze, and then I would take a Batman figure, and I would put him in a plastic cup. I would fill that cup with water. I'd put that in the freezer. So then after a couple of hours, I would take mm -hmm. out the Batman. He'd be frozen. And I would be Mr. Freeze, freezing Batman, right? So that was my jam to do that. Yes. Like, did were you did you find yourself as a kid doing that? Like, which which toys, like, what, what did you gravitate towards? What was the I, I? It's funny you say that. I 100% did it. And I might have <laughs> even taken it one step further, where then I would do, like, hot water and i'd like half melt it so it like uh, would have the holes and have like a little bit of pointy edges on it just to make it look see. cooler see yeah. i was an artist at heart like I it always just had to like i had to push yeah. it even further like i couldn't yeah. just leave it as it was <laughs> I, I, need, I need to learn how to draw this stuff so i don't get so wet <laughs> and then he would smash it to get yeah, the smash it. On it. because that pan he's gonna break in the next panel so i need to figure out those pieces otherwise it's gonna it's gonna look like rubble and it's not rubble it's ice yeah. <laughs> that's so good yeah but i was totally that kid yeah you know um just as much as like the figures i was i was also the kid in the backyard playing with a stick two sticks if i was nightwing you know what i mean like <laughs> and and weirdly enough this is also one of those like re embarrassing reference photos things but like when i'm when i'm reading a script i'm usually pacing um, so I'm like walking around and I, I'm a little dyslexic, so I have to read a script three to four times to get it. And as I'm getting it, I'm seeing it in my head as a movie and I'm moving my body. And as I start to figure out how it's looking, I will find myself whether, and I, and I know this from people watching me do this, um, I'll start to like move my body into positions that I'm thinking about and trying to think about like, oh, it's going to be like this or like this, or what if I do this? And I'll start actually posing as it as I'm walking around. So I can feel it in my body because it's, then it becomes in my muscle memory. Because if I can feel it, I'll know how it's going to look 
a little bit more. And um, I mean, that's primarily aside from, you know, Jorge Armenta's fucking everything up. Uh, <laughs> why I go to the gym, it's not just to be healthy and, you know, all of that stuff is true, but it's also because if I can feel it and if I can see it in myself, it's so much easier to draw because I know how things change because when you, especially when you're talking about forced perspective, you know, and how muscles bend and move and they're just so much more elastic than you think, because we think of like the figures, the plastic, uh, drawing references, but you know, they articulate, which is great. But when you start to learn how they connect, especially in the ribs and the underarms, like everything stretches in very weird ways. And then if you start angling at the camera, things start to change so much more. And um, just knowing the body um, in a more fundamental way really helps with that. And and you can't have your editor asking you, well, but why, why does Batman have this gut on this picture? Yeah, I haven't yeah, been able yeah. to get to the gym. I, I, I think I've actually said that before. It's like, I, I'm late for the gym. I, I got to get there. It's amazing. Yeah. But I, I think there is a, a school of of uh artists now that do kind of take that into into consideration like i know i've talked a little bit with sean murphy about that and he's like i I have to go to the i have to have a break and do the gym at least once a day i i have to not only does it separate me mentally but it, it helps me it helps me visualize things and i and i couldn't agree more and I, I like that uh, Sean leans into the, you know, that little bit extra of things. And, you know, when he wanted to uh, to buy himself uh, a cool sword, he uh, yeah. said, well, I'm, I'm going to be drawing a sword in, this, uh, in the Curse of the White Knight. Curse so the White I need Knight. to have a sword. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Let's, uh, did he buy one or did he have one made? I, it, uh, yeah, I think he, I think he had it uh, made for. Yeah. <laughs> but but, um, not only so did he get the prop, he had one specifically made. Yeah. Listen, babe, I, I know it's going to be a, a lot of, a lot of money for this custom made, uh, <laughs> you know, this, this custom made sword, but trust me, it, I got to put it in the comment. Okay. It has to be really authentic. <laughs> I could just see Katana just rolling her eyes at that conversation. <laughs> like, yeah. like I can, yeah. I can actually picture her face doing it. Him writing it into the story was literally yeah. just like, if I write it in the story and I say if it's for work, I can have the sword. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wanted that sword up in his office. For sure. She probably just wanted another pet, so she's like, "I'll trade you." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. she's, I, I feel like they've made a deal like that before, where she's like, she made some sort of deal. Okay, if you're gonna do that, then I get to do this. Like, All right, fine. Yeah, and, and uh, didn't he didn't he get a car for leaving Twitter? Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was the That's thing too. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. best decision. I mean, on both sides, like that's a that's a win win situation, isn't it? The the only thing funnier is if uh, he got uh, uh, what's uh, Elon's car, uh, the Tesla. If you got a Tesla, oh, Tesla. leaving Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, now you don't need it because you got what is it? Threads now. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah, we'll see. Gosh, the it feels like things are shaking up in in terms of any kind of social media. I don't know if you guys have noticed it too, but things are definitely changing um yeah. in terms of what people are engaging with and like yeah. what I don't know, it just it seems very different from even 5 years ago. It seems very different. Yeah, yeah you it, want to, you want to it changes comics, all the time. Travis, you better start shaking your rump on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the real reason why I'm going to the gym is I'm just going to hold the comics now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wonder if there's any comic artists that have gone that have blown up on TikTok. Like that's like mm. It's a platform that I'm not familiar with, and just because it was video and because comics seem to be more of a static kind yeah. of situation, it was always just Instagram and Twitter, but mm -hmm. I'm sure comic artists have found a way to maybe doing like small videos of them drawing. I, I don't know. Yeah, time-lapse. Time yeah, lapse. exactly. If, yeah, I feel like uh, it's, it's just so wild how you have to figure things out like that now. But but even just thinking about that, like, man, that, that seems like more work than it's worth because you have to edit that out and just – I mean on Instagram, you just snap a picture of it or you take yeah. a screenshot of what's yeah. on your – I don't know. That, that seems like a lot more work than I'm willing to do, but maybe the younger artists and generation – love it i i have no idea yeah it's it's some one of the things that a lot of the artists that we've talked to have said is that uh um you know there's just no budget anymore for like marketing and advertising no. and so like these especially the big two they expect you to be your mm -hmm. own marketing and advertising people yep. yeah and it's like yeah. why aren't you tweeting why aren't you posting about this story coming out why are you it's like because i'm buried under deadlines yeah i had no <laughs> idea like that i had to be doing that you know yeah. it's like you got to be doing yeah. your social media too on top of it. Like you have to be a social media star in mm -hmm. order to still like make it, like make, you know, progress towards getting your name out yeah. there, which is tough. Yeah. You know? And, and just the, the networking part of it too, for anybody who's looking into get into comics uh, too. True. It's not just the talent. It's not just, you know, man, I would love to just stay in my, my little studio and, and draw all day. But sometimes that's not, that's not the, uh, that's that's not it like you got to get out there you've got to meet people you got to be able to talk to people you got to be able to talk to fans you got to be able to talk to editors you got to be able to shake their hands look in their eyes and say hey this is me this is what i've done have a positive attitude you know what i mean uh charisma goes a long way mm -hmm. yeah yeah so. um aside from having to work it is there anything that you're excited to check out yourself while you're down there in san diego um Yes. I mean, uh, for me, it's more of an opportunity to uh, see my my bosses <laughs> and and my friends. Um, so there's there's definitely a work aspect to it that I'm actually very excited about because, you know, most of the editors that I talk to, it's always over email. So it's kind of nice to, you know, have that presence in person like I just talked about. You know, it I think it, it, it adds a little bit more weight to you when they can look you in the eye and you can talk to them as people instead of just emailing them as editors and just seeing all the friends. You know, like I, I can't wait to see Dustin Wen again, um, Tom Taylor, you know, a lot of people that I met for the first time last year that I had an amazing time with because these are amazing people and not just because they're talented comic people, which they are, mm -hmm. they're just good people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, that's my favorite part because it almost feels like summer camp to me, this part mm -hmm. of it. It's like, oh, I'm going to go see my friends and we're going to hang out. Um, <laughs> and that's, and it's just a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, what say we jump into a, a lightning round here? Sure. Oh. Gramps. You're putting me on the spot. Yeah. <clears throat> okay um well you said you're in denver right yes do you ski i don't, you don't i don't ski? i not even when i did i do i don't raft? like no <laughs> i don't like the snow i do like the water but i'm more of a beach person 
and and no his reason. his main his oh. main outdoor <laughs> activities include stepping on ice. Yep. <laughs> what was the last concert that you saw at Red Rocks? Um, that's a, oh man, it was it had to have been an EDM concert. Uh, I I don't remember, but it was definitely electronic dance music. I remember well, then you must have had a the good venue. Time if you I, I remember the venue, and I remember having fun, but I do not remember it wasn't anybody big. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, answer. no. I'm sorry that Steve Aoki. I oh, I think I saw huge. Steve Aoki was there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Huge. Yeah. Do you have any pets? I do. Um, he's not here right now. I have a miniature um, Alaskan Klikai. So it's like a miniature husky. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I have him. He's actually with the grandparents right now because uh, I'm getting ready to, uh, you know, head out to San Diego soon. So he's he's staying with them uh, down south in Pueblo where they've got a lot of land and he, he loves it there. But, yeah. Yeah, those are awesome dogs. Yeah, he's 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 getting older, but he's he's fantastic. Cool. I, I, I love him to death. Cool. What's your uh, when you're drawing loincloth, Batman? What's your favorite <laughs> go-to snack? Uh, I'm trying to eat more healthy, so it's I've been doing a lot of mixed berries, strawberries, and uh, blueberries and stuff like that. But if I'm snacky snacking, um, it's chips. Kettle chips is is a weakness of mine. Sounds good. Yeah. Hold on, I got a text from the wife. Oh. <laughs> Keep well, it down. If you can't hear, my little guy is back behind me scratching at the door. Oh. <laughs> That's not terrifying at all. I mean, <laughs> he's such a he's a little French, he's a little French bulldog, and he's like a Velcro dog. I mean, yeah. he has to be beside me all the time but he hates when i lock him out so hold on bro um, <laughs> <laughs> no it's good and the wife is texting like it. Me. anyway um Lou, louis just has a question that's why he's man yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 Lou. oh Lou. Mm-hmm. totally lost my train of thought i got um, a quick one go for it all right uh i think you said your favorite villain is Scarecrow. Favorite Batman villain is Scarecrow. Yes, one hundred percent. Your second favorite Batman villain. I think I was always a Killer Croc fan. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Um, those were some good animated series episodes, and I think they just kind of stuck with me. Yeah, he was good on that. Yeah. Yeah. That the, the that show had a big impact of of who I liked. Weirdly enough, the Scarecrow episodes are not very good on that show until like the fourth season when they redesign him, like one hundred, like the full redesign. Um, so I don't know how that ended up being my favorite, but um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That usually that's I think where people kind of because he's such a visual, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the show is so visual in that sense that people kind of pick up on it. Yeah. What's your favorite version of him? The look. Oh, um, the fear state. That yeah, I, I know it's yeah. it's it's hard to like. You always want to go like, oh, the classic version, but that Jorge Hermanas during um, during James's run. Oh, that was so cool with the the World War One gas mask yeah. with the straw hat casting the shadows over it and the goggles. Like, I don't know that 
you couldn't get better than that. And they did like the Arkham syringes on it. It was just, yeah, it was kind of the best of everything um, <laughs> yeah. amalgamed into that new design. And I, I just absolutely loved it. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, you know, um, when they did that with Freddy Krueger in one of the nightmares, <laughs> when he's going after the goth chick and he's got, instead of the claw hands, it's syringe <laughs> fingers. Yep. I remember that was the most terrifying idea that like, I remember liking Freddy Krueger, not being too scared, but then I saw that mm -hmm. part. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. It's, awesome yeah, it's, it's so cool. And something about like just the silhouette of the spindly, like the arms are very skinny. The legs are very skinny, but he's got like the poncho. It's just, and then just the, the circle eyes, just like Mr. Freeze. It's that very dynamic kind of like the stare. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's way cool. So what childhood trauma are you trying to get past with this? <laughs> <laughs> I was a very scared kid. <laughs> I was, but, you know, I, I think that has a lot to do with what I like. Because now I enjoy um, horror movies and stuff like that because it gets my imagination going. Or um, podcasts. Um, I listen to, like, scary stories told in the dark and stuff like that. Mm. Like those – they have all those, like, uh, creepypasta – stories that people write and i love drawing to those because it gets my imagination going in a way that's like i'm imagining what they're talking about but it's allowing me to let go of what i'm doing and just draw like it's putting me in a separate creative headspace and for whatever reason that seems to really help me just not get into my own head um because if i'm drawing without anything on I'll start to get overly critical and I'll start redrawing and redrawing and redrawing and just not be happy and not move on. Um, so having something like that just allows me to just creatively keep going at a steady pace, if that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, so the creepy stories, like I, I was, I was very scared of horror, horror stuff when I was little, but for whatever reason, now I just, I love it a little bit. Um, to, to go back to the question. Uh, I think it's something about like a roller coaster ride. I love the anxiety before. Um, <laughs> and then the any kind of imagery um, that is terrifying that sticks with me, it, it's it still can scare me, but I love it. So anything like the like, when you think of the grudge movie, like oh. there is very particular visuals that will stick with you. Um, that were crafted particularly the way the shadows are casted the way her hair is going over her face and her eyes are showing like all of that kind of stuff the music all of that it just adds to mood um which i've learned is just so important in what we do yeah that that grudge movie stuck with me for a couple mm -hmm. of days yeah um, i specifically remember i went and saw it with a friend and then you know went home and at the time i was living alone in this apartment and my bed Across the bed, I had a large walk-in closet. Uh-huh. And, you know, the door was open. And I just remember just looking into that dark blackness. And I was like, yep. oh, this is not good. I got to have a light on. This is not good. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Well... What else What else do we ask in this uh, lightning around the pizza question? Yeah, there you, you go. We got to do that one. Oh, okay. okay. Favorite style of pizza? Do you like the New York, you know, fold pie pizza? Do you like deep dish pizza? Or there's even a now a Detroit style pizza. If you've ever had that, 
I, I don't e- I don't even know if I want to know what that is. It's definitely <laughs> New York for me. New York. 100, 100% always that the big floppy pieces like that's that's What's your favorite. favorite toppings. Uh, I'm a Hawaiian person. I, oh I do God. I I do like Canadian bacon and pineapple on it. Holy shit, we're going to get hate. I don't, yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. we're going to get us canceled, dude. Thought we got canceled when Sean was dude. back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on shit. Yeah, I'm really bringing the heat with my pineapple. Uh, we, <laughs> pineapple we, we, on pizza. We, we, we might have to cut that out, like we yeah. the real uh, controversial. Let me guess, you dip it in ranch too. Oh. Only when it's just the crust. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I do. Yeah. yeah you see, Gramps is from Texas, where they dip their sweet tea in barbecue sauce. <laughs> After the deep fry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions I I think I've got. Robin, you got And well, some. there's the one that I usually like to throw, but he sort of answered it earlier, but you know, if maybe we can see if you've got another one, uh okay. what was the best piece of advice you've ever received and who gave it to you? Um, so definitely uh what we talked about with yeah. uh Scott McDaniel. I'm trying to think. I was silently cursing oh, you when when you answered I, that before I asked. I <laughs> I actually have a good one too. Um, so Right after I'd done Red Hood and the Outlaws, um, kind of during that the pandemic and when I was really struggling and feeling really down because um, I had lost momentum and I was trying to get gigs, um, I was talking to Francis Manipole. Oh, yeah. And um, I was trying to, to finish this, and he, and he was giving me some advice on the page, but he said, um, I want you to, to listen to this, and I want you to really, really hear it. And he said, remember that done is always better than perfect. And I have that it's, it's on, it's on my computer on the other side of this. So I can't, I can't turn around, but I have that on a sticky note and it's never left my desk um, because it's so simple, but so powerful done is always better than perfect. Get it done. Don't, don't, even if it's, even if it sucks, even if it's not what you want, get it done. Yeah. Sean said something similar before. Uh, He said something along the lines of shoot for 80% rather than, you know, try just killing yourself, trying to make every page perfect. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Travis, I have kind of, I like, I love what you just said right there. I kind of have, a similar but kind of different saying that or quote that someone told me once. And since you like Mr. Uh, or Scarecrow so much, I'm going to give this to you. Okay. 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 Everything you want is on the other side of fear. Oh yeah. I do like that. That's a little bit more poetic too. I like that. Well, there you go. Well, if it's, if it's worked into a story, I don't. Do I have to credit you? <laughs> he, he does. No, I, 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 I've always wanted, you know, just a little Easter egg reference. So if you, if you ever, all right, want, yeah. try a little Easter egg. Just draw a little French bulldog in a in a panel uh, or something. Gramps, I'll slip you into a crowd holding the bulldog. That's what I'll do. Is thank you, thank you. just yeah. for that. There it is. Awesome. Well, I think that. Uh, 
covers everything then we awesome. we all we all stop talking at the same time which is yep. usually a good sign <laughs> that we can okay. wrap it up there. but yeah. uh, so you're going to be at san diego uh yes. and uh, tell us again where people can find you and on what days um so i'll be there every day on uh thursday and saturday i will be at the dc dual force booth uh the the game app booth um and i'll post on my socials uh where that is i just don't have that information yet um but i will post it cool and uh you're on instagram as travesty 17 people can go yes. check you out there uh, yep. you want to spell it spell it uh properly t-r-a-v-i-s-t-y-1-0-1-7 or um, an easy way is just to Google Travis Mercer or Travis Mercer Comics, and it's usually the first thing that comes up. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you for listening again. Thank you for being here, Travis. Uh, Thanks so much. If you're going to San Diego, go pick up that uh, exclusive figure, read Batman Fighting the Frozen. That was Travis Mercer, and this was Bat Force Radio, and we will see you next time.